This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, the Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar I fucking love. Look, all of our social lives took a nasty hit during the pandemic, and one of the awesome things COVID stole was the ability to watch sports with friends. It's something I've loved my whole life, and good news, the Athletic Club has our backs and has given that right back to us. The ACO has shut down their entire side street, not some parklets. I'm talking about the entire side street created an enormous outdoor space, called that space the town gardens, and filled it with tables and huge TVs and their full complement of great food. It's big, it's comfortable, but maybe most important, it's a great spot to watch any and every sport with anyone and everyone you want to. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports. And with the NFL right up on the horizon, we hope you're going to join us there. In fact, if I see you at the ACO and you're in any type of huddle gear, beer, in fact, maybe beers on me. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you all into our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. With me, per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, I am excited to announce rejoining us a 13-year veteran of Yahoo Sports, an NBA draft guru who has known and watched each and every one of these prospects in a way many of ESPN's pundits do not in the exact podcast guests you want during draft week mrs kristen peak what's going on kp I love, you really had to throw shade to espn because of that tweet <laughs> that now deleted tweet i actually went back and deleted it but yes um i'm happy to be here you guys know this is my favorite week of the year draft night is my favorite night of the year it's like graduation so happy to jump on and talk about draft and the warriors anytime some crazy quick admissions admission one <laughs> I've rewritten that ESPN portion oh of your, I mean, like like a thousand times, dude. And I was worried that you weren't going to get it. So you picked it up immediately. Admission number two, this is how pompous I am, although you already knew it. When you said favorite, right? And then ended it with favorite uh, week of the year. I mean, of course it is. You're a draft guru and it's the draft. But when you said that, I am so pompous. I basically started popping my collar like, yeah, this is her favorite podcast. And then it did not, it did not go that way. So that sucks for me. But then finally... Um, And this is less an admission, more some props. So you just alluded to it. We started this last time with a tweet that apparently has been deleted. So I'm going to follow suit. And this time I'm going to read a DM between the two of us because I was uh, I was impressed by it. So Maxime, Marcus, we knew, right? Draft is set up. We needed KP. And so I reached out to her, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks back and asked, are you available the week of the 26th? Here's her response. Sure. I'm down at Peach Jam for the week. NBA scouts are here. College coaches are here. LeBron, Westbrook, and Carmelo are here. Just the chaos I need the week before the draft. 
LOL. And I just, I love that you can casually mention, Kristen, that you were in the same uh, spot as LeBron, Westbrook, and Carmelo. And it's not even the lead. The lead is that you're at Peach Jump. So I was, I was very <laughs> impressed with that. Well, do you know, can I tell you who else was there? Um, was Jonathan Kaminga. He showed up. Oh. So someone that is probably way more interesting to Warriors fans than anybody else that you just listed. Just saying. Mm. I've got a thousand questions on Kaminga. <laughs> Let me ask you just a quick follow-up on this, right? So when NBA players like LeBron and like Carmelo, like Westbrook, when they show up at a prep event like this, are they all treated with the same kind of reverence or does LeBron get even better treatment in those scenarios too? Like how does that play out? LeBron definitely gets the cream of the crop treatment, um, him and his family. Uh, Carmelo had a bit of an entourage, so they had security as well. Um, and then Russ just kind of has, like, he rolls around with his brother. There's, like, one Nike security guy. that, But Russ is, like, there, like, his son's on the bench playing with, like, his toy cars. And Russ is yelling at the refs to go to the booth for the replay when, hello, we're, like, at an AAU game. There is no booth. There is no replay. Um, so he's the most casual one. Same with Brad Beal. Brad Beal kind of runs on the same same wavelength as Russ. But um, what I love most about seeing um, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook and LeBron James last week is they're genuinely pouring into these kids' lives. Like mm. LeBron can't help himself. Like he started in one game sitting behind the bench and literally two seconds after the ball was tipped, he's on the bench coaching and he, he's jet, like, he's pulling kids aside, giving them advice, you know? Um, and it's, it's really nice to see like Carmelo wasn't on the bench, but at halftime he would come over and he would talk to certain players, you know, give him advice about what he's seeing. And you know what else I really enjoyed? It's like when team Mello was playing uh, a different team, like expressions elite or whatever, LeBron would come and support Carmelo supporting his team. <laughs> so it was, it was just a fun week to see. And, you know, there weren't any fans that were allowed in the venue. So it was very low key and the guys could kind of move around, um, without much fanfare. And I think they appreciated that too. Um, so, yeah. I know we got to talk about the draft, so I'm going to keep this part super fast, but Marcus Maxim, if, if you guys were NBA stars and then went back to some prep event, some tournament, some AEU, something, would you play it cool, you know, like show up and allow your entourage to kind of show everybody else that you were there? Or would you make a big deal and kind of soak in all the fanfare? Because I think we know what I would do. I'd show up in my jersey, get like highlighted, like a bunch of, I don't know, like smoke machines and an announcer and a DJ. And I would make sure everybody knew I was there. Would you guys go big or play it cool? Nah, I think it's definitely cooler to let your entourage lead, right? You seem more cool if you're like a little bit opaque. Yeah, you definitely got to act like you've been there before. Like I said, smoke machines and DJs. <laughs> I'm all the way in, and the DJ is saying, here for the first time, Bram Hillsman, let's talk draft. The Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts are all in this summer. You know what isn't? A wild and hairy bush. Tame your pubes with help from our friends at Manscaped. The leader is in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth generation performance package includes the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Fellas, do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped 
by going to manscaped.com with the code FANSIDED20. Manscaped also is throwing in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. KP, uh, the Warriors have two selections in this upcoming draft. I cannot wait to see how it unfolds. I feel like it's going to dictate the next 10 years of Warriors basketball, and I want to start kind of general, right? So one of the things I've learned about drafts, um, because drafts used to be the most important part of my Warriors basketball experience, Christian. You know, you know, before this dynastic run, it was the only thing we got to look forward to. Uh, and one of the things I learned after obsessing about them is that the view of a draft tends to really change in the weeks leading up to it. You know, the NBA teams focus in, uh, films start to get really examined, the players start working out, and because of that, draft boards get shuffled up, players rocket up, and everything kind of changes. And so I want to start generally, because when you and I and Marcus and Maxime talked about this draft a year ago, you described it as deep. When we talked about it most recently in June, you described it as a six-player draft with upside after six. And now we are, what, three days away. So how would you describe this draft now that we're basically on its eve? I still think it's deep. I think there's uh, a drop-off at five. Um, I mean, maybe two Warriors uh, delight. Kaminga is falling for whatever reason. Um and so we're looking at a five of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, and Scotty Barnes, um, who I think is one of the most polarizing players in this draft class. So um, after that, it just—it's not so. It doesn't drop off. There's just a lot of uncertainty as to who they're going to be at the NBA level. Like there could be a lot of value in the seven to fourteen range that we just don't know as fans, as quote unquote NBA experts know or have seen yet because these players are so young and they need a year or two to develop to, you know, hit their prime at the NBA level. Let me ask it this way. Um, let's look at the ladder or lottery, and this is just a guess, right? Let's, let's assume best case for all of these players, best case for all these players, how many franchise players are in this lottery and I'll define franchise players as people who you think have the ability to be the best player on a title team. Three. And that's the top three. Um, okay. Kate Cunningham, Jalen green and Evan Mobley. How about perennial all-stars? Let's define that one. Uh, players who are going to make at least all five all-star games over their career. Ooh, maybe six. <laughs> Ouch. Damn it, KP. Six or seven. <laughs> okay. Maybe seven, I will take. Yeah. yeah. Uh, six and a half. Six and a half? <laughs> I know. I don't Maybe know 14 I, is what I you're saying? I don't know why I said six-ish. <laughs> I do. I know why. Because you don't want me to start sobbing. Because you think that the answer is actually five. But you don't actually want to stretch it because you know I'll take it hard. Uh, <laughs> Last question. How many legit NBA starters? All right. So in these, in these top 14 picks, how many guys do you think there are who are going to average at least 30 minutes a night over their careers? I mean, there's a lot more than any other draft class, I would say. So I don't know. I haven't done the math 
because we've talked about this. I don't do math, but I don't know what the math is. Your sister is. does. Your sister <laughs> my does. sister, my sister does the math. Um, I don't know what the average is from previous draft classes, but I mean, at least 14, 15. And I'm not saying those are all going to be like the top lottery guys. I think there's a lot of value in the second round as well. And we're going to see players emerge that were terrible this year in college or in the G League that are going to butt into great NBA players. Is there a guy who's made their way up? So every year there's somebody, some name where when you look back on the draft board at the beginning of the year, you know, they're like mid twenties, maybe in the teens. And then by the time the draft actually comes around, they've rocketed up either because perception has changed or because they had crazy workouts. Um, last year we saw that with Tyrese Halliburton both ways, you know? Mm -hmm. So is there somebody like that this year? Somebody who came out of nowhere who is now, you know, the name of the draft is moving up way faster than we thought yeah there's two guys and actually two guys in the range where i think the warriors would want to make a move that's chris duarte from oregon a lot of a lot of teams like him now um 6'6 190 a lot older than um you know the younger players that are kind of like the big risk this big reward i think he's already 24 but this is a guy who shot 43 percent from three-point range and 53 percent from the field and in the two tournament games, he averaged 22 points and 6.5 6 assists per game. So he's one of those solid players that can come in. And I think a lot of teams are, they, they see value in that after, you know, seeing what Cam Johnson did with Phoenix, like he was drafted at 11. He was a four-year player um, at Pitt in North Carolina and was able to come in and make an instant impact. So he's definitely one. He's probably the one that has like climbed the most. And then into the top 10, James Booknight from UConn, another great playmaker has great size at six foot five. And I think the reason why he's climbing and you see guys like Keon Johnson and Davion Mitchell falling is because they don't have the size and the athleticism as book Knight has. So you're going to see teams closer to the top favor book Knight over Davion Mitchell and Keon Johnson. We're going to go into all these names. Let me make it more generalized MT. I'm throwing this towards you. What's your spider sense telling you? Are you feeling good about this draft? Are you nervous about it? You know, I mean, we're, we're going to get specific names in a second here, but just generalized feel. Are How are you feeling two days out of this? Um, I'm nervous. I mean, I, I hear KP continue to say it's a five, six player draft and that number shrinks every time um, she joins <laughs> the pod. So um, luckily there's not much time left for it to go even smaller. It's a two but, and a half player draft now. Marcus. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think Kaminga falling, you know, makes a little sense and is a little, makes me a little nervous because if he's not ready to contribute right away, that doesn't fit with our plan. And you look at the players who are ready to contribute right away and it doesn't seem like they're going to be there at seven and 14. So maybe a, a Duarte can do that, but I think it's a reach to draft him at seven and he probably won't be there at 14. So we're in kind of a hard position there. Um, and then you see teams like Detroit, you know, reportedly offering, um, you know, shy Gildas Alexander and um, their pick uh, OKC doing it to Detroit for the number one pick and Detroit turning it down. So, you know, shy is a great player. Um, and I think, going back to, you know, their pick four or five pick, wherever OKC is, isn't that big of a drop off if you believe it's a deeper draft, but the fact that they wouldn't take those two and they really are all in on Cade Cunningham, I think this shows that the amount of players that 
really can make an impact and fit the Warriors specifically of how do we make the most out of Steph, Clay, and Dre's small window now um, is limited and probably does not reach the seventh pick where we are. Don't give me the name. Just give me a yes or no. Is there a secret name you're hoping for when we get to seven? This is towards you, MT. You know, like, is there one player you're hoping that will slip to us or you think is the best fit? Um, I'm still hoping that the reports that the Warriors are keeping the picks is is smoke and mirrors and we somehow package seven and 14. Um, But I mean, if there were any players that would slip that far, I don't think he will, but I would hope Scotty Barnes. Um, I think he has the intangibles to, and doesn't need the ball in his hands to make a big difference. And he's a big body and a, a lot of potential. And I, I see him being able to slot in and fill in that Ubre role. Um, not quite as good of a shooter, despite Ubre's early season struggles. But I think he would be a great fit, but I just don't think he'll be there. Maxime, you're our sound guy. Did you hear me try to tell Marcus to not give us a name so that we could tease this and then make our way up to it? He just completely screwed that for me? Okay, I thought I did, and then I got really oh, confused you did. because he moved with such confidence. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he did. And he did it, like, really smoothly. And the entire time, I was annoyed. I'm sweating a lot now because my entire fucking outline is completely screwed it is what it is because the outline is screwed i'm gonna jump to the thing i was most excited about most nervous about i don't know um kp talk to me about jonathan kaminga because what the hell is going on all right i i i am like a manic depressive when it comes to kaminga we rewind this two years ago and if i'm remembering right kaminga was at the top of this like remarkably deep high school draft. We rewind it like one year ago. Kaminga is at least one of those top five names you are hearing over and over and over again when people are talking about, you know, this double draft, this unbelievable draft that is coming this way. And then now when you look at Kaminga, it's kind of a mixed bag because there seems to be some real nasty suggestions that it's a boomer bust, that he might not work out at all, that he still has all these tools, but teams are really nervous and they don't necessarily want him, and he might fall out of the top seven. So what the hell is going on? Tell me about Kuminga. What's going on with him? I mean, just give us an overview here. So I think when you hear that uh, Kaminga is falling in this draft, I don't think it has anything to do with him physically as a player. It's more off the court and intel that these teams are gathering that are giving giving them pause. I mean, I've heard that, you know, teams have tried to schedule workouts outside of the top six and his brother, who is in charge of, you know, talking to teams, just mm-hmm. has gone radio silent. You know, I've... I've also heard, like they, they've just been difficult through this pre-draft process and, you know, teams making all these decisions at that point, they're like, you know what, we're good. We don't want to deal with this. Um, and Kaminga, I mean, he's a young kid. Um, he reclassed and he's a little bit on the quieter side. Every time, every single time I ever see him, he's very soft-spoken and I'll ask him, I'll be like, how are you? What's going on? And he, he just says, you know me, KP, I'm just chilling. You know, but on the flip side of that, let me tell you something that kind of gave me an insight to where he is as a basketball player. So at Peach Jam last week, um, Amani Bates, who is one of the best players in high school basketball, is playing Bronny James. It's obviously a big primetime game. Uh, LeBron is coaching on the sideline. This is this is the best part of the whole story. They give Kaminga, Kaminga sitting half court 
with some like Nike people, his brother, his manager. They his put Car- they yeah, they put they put Carmelo Anthony like further down the base or further down the sideline. And I said to him, I was like, <laughs> I can't believe you got a better seat than Carmelo Anthony for that game. And he was just laughing. And when we were talking about Amani, like Amani struggled that game. He shot one for eight in the first half and had to really rally and and um, make some tough shots down the stretch. He ended with 22 and got the one point win. But I told Kaminga, I was like, you know, well, he's been here for nine days. Like, give the kid a break, you know, and he goes, KP, it don't matter. He said, if you're a baller, if you are truly a baller, you will play each and every day no matter if you're tired, no matter if you're hurting, you will try to play the best of your ability. He's Ooh. like, there's, he said, he's like, there's no excuses. And Shots he's fired. saying, he's saying, he's saying that to me in the parking lot with nobody else around. Like he doesn't have to say that. And when he said that, I was like, all right, you know what? He's, he's got that. He's got that dog mentality. I'd love you know? to hear that. Did, yeah. does he, did you guys talk at all about, I mean, we can't say his stock is plummeting. It's not, we don't know where he's going right. to go. But it's not in the same place it was a year ago. I mean, we know that. Did you guys talk about that at all? Did he seem to be bothered by anything that was going on? Or is it all just optimism and wherever he ends up, he'll be happy? Uh, everything was very optimistic. I mean, there was nothing like he was. There was no panic uh, from him or his brother. Like, what are you hearing? What are teams saying to you? It was very like, we're so blessed to be in this position. We're excited for next week. Kaminga said he's so excited for summer league. He can't wait to play. And I'm like, oh, you're going to play. And he looked at me like I was asking him, like, are you breathing air right now? He's like, of course I'm going to play. Um, so I'm, I'm more optimistic on Kaminga. I mean, yes, his shot selection needs to get better, but what people don't understand is going into the G league, he was like, quote unquote, the guy on the team. So he always had to have the ball in his hands. He was always the guy with the, like with the with shot clock winding down where he had to get a shot off. So that's why you saw such low numbers in the G league bubble. Um, but yeah, teams are going to be, uh, I think weary of his quiet personality. He's kind of a loner. Like he's not one of those guys that enters the locker room. It was like, Hey, Hey, like slapping hands or whatever. But um, so yeah, I think those are the, I don't think it's anything on the court that's causing him to fall. I think it's, it's off the court stuff and him fitting into the organization that are giving teams pause. When you say reclassified, because yeah. I, I've, I saw that thrown around. I didn't totally understand it. I think I do now. Basically what it means is he moved up a class. He, he graduated from high school a year earlier than what he was going to when he first entered high school. Am I right yes. on that? Yes, that's so, correct. So put differently, Last year, when he was playing in the G League in a season that was destroying pros, right? I mean, it was basically a bubble season that everyone was having difficulties with. When he was doing that, he was doing that as an 18-year-old who, in, if he hadn't reclassified, he would have been in high school. Instead, he was doing it as a basic high school senior in a professional league. Yes, correct. Okay. Um, has your opinion changed of him? If, if Kristen Peak from two years ago met you now, would you tell that KP, hey, you know, he's not that good? Or do you still believe in this guy? I still believe in him, but you have to understand that I'm not investing millions of dollars in him as a person or a player for my organization. Like I've never, ever had any interactions with him where his brother has dismissed me or been cold to me. Like I've always tried to help him in terms of his like media savvy and answering questions and getting better at that because English isn't his first language, you know, so he's very nervous and shy about that. 
Um, so I have never had any problems with him um, on the court. He, I can remember one year at Peach Jam two years ago um, when he was playing and, you know, at the time he was playing up a division, right? Cause he hadn't reclassed yet. And he's going up against Jalen Johnson, who, you know, at the time was like a top five player in the grade above him and Patrick Baldwin, who will be a top 10 draft pick next year. And everyone's like, oh yeah, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. And it was the exact opposite. Like Kaminga came out and made Jalen Johnson and Patrick Baldwin look like they were JV players. So he does have that dog mentality to like turn around. And if he, I feel like if he gets it in his mind that the cards are stacked against him, he's going to do whatever he can to prove to other people that no, 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 I'm supposed to be here. I'm going to tip my hand. I mean, Marcus suggested the guy he was looking for. Kaminga's kind of the person I hope is there, and it sounds like he might be. Not, It just feels like his upside is the highest. He is very literally a lottery ticket. Well, and That's, honestly, if you're looking for trade value, he is going to give you exactly the most right. trade value. Exactly right. Um, and do not, Christian, don't pull a Marcus and give me your name yet. I'm trying to, like, you know, what, what did what did, MT, what did MT say? I, sorry, I was editing a Cade Cunningham story. I was too angry <laughs> even to hear his answer. I mean, I don't know. All I remember thinking is he shouldn't be giving us a name marcus who is your name i didn't give you a name did i no uh, you definitely did oh my god scotty barnes scotty oh scotty scotty yeah, no scotty's gone he will he will not yeah. be there he if orlando doesn't take him there's zero chance he's going past oklahoma city so zero chance a, zero pick you a, is what she's saying that's the pick wrong a, pick pick a different name <laughs> that's not happening <laughs> that is the wrong pick uh maxime we're going to get your name in a second we're also going to turn to the warriors actual options at seven First, Christian, let me give you one more set of props. So we missed a birthday of yours. I saw on Twitter uh, that you celebrated a birthday. That's not the main thing. The main thing I wanted to give you props of. So what she tweeted out, boys, is she had a perfect day and she had this picture of her paddle boarding. It wasn't just her paddle boarding. She had her dog on it. I guess it was the same dog that that jumped up on the table that we learned about earlier today. Um, But the reason I want to give you props, Christian, I tried to paddle board once. I got like two or three toes on it and then fell off almost immediately, almost immediately. And like, I have good balance or I felt like I did. So the fact that you're capable of paddleboarding, just generally speaking, and then that you could do it with a dog on that board, it made me kind of resentful. So happy birthday. And also F yourself. I don't like how you know balance uh, savvy you are. Do you know what? You sound like you have the same balance as my poor puppy who fell in like three times and hated me the entire time. I'm like, I felt so bad, but me as like a dog mom, I'm like, you're going to love this. I love this. You're going to love it. You're going to like it. And, but like his little life jacket was so cute. I, I couldn't help it. It was so sweet. Well, it wasn't just cute. It turns out like it was also life-saving and really <laughs> necessary. Thank God for that jacket. And it's weird that you didn't give us the three pictures of the dog in the water. The pictures <laughs> I saw, that dog looked hell of happy. So nicely played. Uh, let's talk actual options. All right. So the Warriors' first pick is at seven. I am ultimate. So for, for those who don't remember, um, and it kills me, I hate even saying this, but Kristen called out, we talked to her last year. And she called out two things. She told us that Wiseman would be the pick, but LaMelo should be the pick. And what kills me about it is, you know, now when you look back on it, of course she was right both times. 
And the concept of LaMelo being on this team is so fun, I don't even like to consider it because it bothers me. So what we're going to do at the risk of, uh, of being transparent here is I'm going to get the names you think will be available for Golden State. We're going to get four names. And then I'm going to ask you, who do you think they, will, uh, they should get? And then who do you think they will get? So give us the universe of options. Who could be there at seven when the Warriors are on the clock? Jonathan Kaminga. Yep. James Booknight. Yep. Josh Giddy. Okay. Um, Davion Mitchell. Yep. Uh, right. Franz Wagner, Corey Kispert. Those those guys are all going to be there. Okay. Let me start Davion Mitchell, and I'm going to start this way. So. Up until like, I don't know, three, four days ago, Davion Mitchell was the easy pick. Yep. Um, whenever I went on a pit podcast, that's what I was. I didn't know anything about him, but I could, you know, where he was in his career, his defensive uh, ability, his cool nickname, the whole nine yards. You and I talked about him. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, kind of the popular thing, if you go on to mock drafts now, is this suggestion that he might be there at 14. He that The Warriors don't necessarily have to snap him up at seven. Do you agree with that? Or if the Warriors want him, do they need to take him with this first pick? No, I think there is a chance that he could still be there. It's not a good chance (laughs) waiting till 14. Um, But I think why teams are kind of right now, like they're deep diving and maybe they saw things in workouts that, you know, we didn't see in the NCAA tournament when he went completely ham, you know, and led his team to a national title. Um, but I think they're seeing his size in person um, and, you know, his age, he's not so much, he's not younger like the other players that are in that sort of like six to nine range. Yep. Um, and so there you question like, it, where's the room for development? Where's the room for growth? And that could be some things that teams are just like, okay, well, I'm going to favor this guy over Davion. Hopefully he's still there at 14 so we can get him there. Why is Book Knight fired up draft boards recently? I mean, I, I've seen him as high as six when yeah. I was looking around today. What, what's going on with him? I think, you know, playing at UConn, that's more of like a mid-major school. And so uh, basketball fans really didn't get a chance to see him as a prospect um, instead of other players like like Davion Mitchell, which we all watched the NCAA tournament and saw what he could do. But James Booknight is sneaky, sneaky good. He is very athletic. Um, he's a slasher in the lane. He likes to create for others. And from what I've been hearing, he's been shooting lights out in workouts. Um, he averaged 20 points per game, 5.6 rebounds um, at UConn as a sophomore. And he's 6'5", 190, good size, can handle the ball well. So he's a pu- plug-and-play guy um, that you know, can give you solid minutes right away as a rookie. Maxime, which one of these names interests you? Who are you hoping for? Uh, I'm honestly still hoping for Kaminga. Uh, you know, I think he's got, like you said, the most upside potential. I also did just want to ask while we're on this, there's one name that I haven't heard mentioned that seems like he could be up in this mix. And I wanted to get KP's opinion and that's Moses Moody. Yeah, I've, we can talk about, but like Moses is, it's funny because Moses is um, strictly preference. You know exactly what you're getting with Moses Moody. I mean, he's not the most athletic player. Obviously, he has great size, and he can shoot the lights out um, of the ball. Uh, and played, you know, alongside Kay Cunningham and Daron Sharp, who is also going to be a first-round draft pick at Mount Verde and what I think is the most talented 
high school basketball team ever. Uh, so he definitely knows how to win games. He's got that winner's mentality. Um, defensively, I think he's a little bit of a liability, but again, can shoot lights out. I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions here. All right. Let me start here. Um, the question will be, can this player contribute next year? Not necessarily start, but could they play on a team that is headed hopefully to the playoffs and deep into the playoffs? Can you envision them playing some kind of a role? Let's start with Kaminga. Could he contribute next year? Yes. Wow. Um, I'm surprised to hear that. Why do you say that? He has the NBA body ready. He was contributing on an already pro team, getting decent minutes, was one of the best rebounders in the G League. I mean, he's going to be like one of, like I could see him being like a, what what was the, I'm trying to think of the hockey movie, a bash bro with Draymond Green <laughs> in the in the post and defensively. Um, so yeah, just because of his size and the way he plays the game in ISIS situations, you know, not necessarily like if, so much is going to be on Steph and Clay. I think that frees up a player like Kaminga to really give that one-two dribble pull up in the range where he's comfortable. You pulled that off. I thought for sure that the answer for Kaminga was going to be no, we have to wait on him. And then I thought when I busted you out, you wouldn't have an answer. You had an amazing answer. <laughs> Nicely played. Um, Book Knight, can he contribute next year to a title team? Uh, I haven't seen enough of him to say yes or no, but I mean, I'm assuming if teams are going to take them as high as six, then yeah, yes. Sure. Yeah. Let me, let me change the question. Um, let's make it this. Is their upside better or worse than James Wiseman? So their overall ceiling, okay. who they can become. All right. Let me go back to Kaminga. Better or worse than Wiseman? Better. Uh, Josh Giddy. Ooh, that's a fun one. Better. I think Josh is a phenomenal passer, great playmaker. And I had an MBL. Oh, you'll love this. You will love this. I had an NBA MBL exec because he played over in Australia. Tell me that he thinks Josh is a better player than LaMelo Ball. Oh, so this is our chance at like this redoing is, is, the LaMelo thing. Yes, you can have redemption. It's LaMelo <laughs> Ball 2.0 to the, the, the Warriors. As the person who actually called the LaMelo Ball thing, do you agree with that? Do you see any uh, ball in Giddy's game? I see, you know, I've seen so much of LaMelo and he's such a unique player to compare someone to him. I see, I see what the executive was saying in terms of the way he can create for others. The shooting is not there. Hmm, okay. Like LaMelo. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Franz Wagner. Wagner uh, sorry. No, it's Wagner. Um, I know. I was testing you. And you passed my test. <laughs> so stupid. Yep, nicely is done. His, is his ceiling higher or lower than Wiseman? Uh-huh. Lower. Tell me about his game, because this is a guy whose name was not on my horizon at all, and now it very much is, because he appears in some of the, the mock drafts. Uh, he's great size, 6'9", 220, can play the three or the four. I've even seen him step out in the wing and bring the ball up at the two. Um so very versatile. Uh, he excels. Like he killed players in mismatch, mismatch situations. So he was very good at like reading if they were switching on a pick and roll, then he would instantly seal and get the ball and just bury the guard that was on him because of his size. Um, but I, I don't see him being one of those. You know, when we talk about players like Kaminga and um, and Wiseman, I mean, their upside is just so high. 
France isn't as athletic as either one of those players. And I think he's going to be a solid role player in the NBA and, you know, be able to contribute to a lot of teams um, because he has a high IQ and he can make open shots, but he doesn't, I don't think, I don't see the star power in him. Will he be better than his brother? He will be better than his brother. Is there any truth to the rumor that he wants to change his last name to Wagner? Uh, you would have to ask his German parents. That. Oh, we'll ask them. Yeah, we'll we'll get them on there. Um, enough pretense. Who should they take, Kristen? If this is you, these guys, all of them. Let's let's uh, well not let's not put it that way. If you were a Warriors fan and you have all the impressive knowledge that you have, who would you be hoping comes down and is available at seven for the Warriors? So if Kaminga goes six to OKC, I would honestly, well, I would take Josh Giddy. Why? And well, let's let's. What's the first name? Is if if all these people are still available, and Kaminga's still on the board, is it Kaminga number one for you? I or think just yes. Out? Okay. Yeah, because um, of the trade value, and because I think he has been very misunderstood in these pre-draft uh, workouts and meetings with the teams because of you know how it was handled. And then tell me about Giddy. Why? Why? If if he is there, why should Golden State take him? He's young. I think he's going to soak up everything like a sponge. He's a very hard worker. He already has great instincts on the court. Um, six foot seven. He was the youngest player to ever record a triple double. And then he actually ended up leading the NBL in triple doubles this past year. So when you're looking at a kid that's 18, that were, that was able to do that against professionals. I mean, he had more triple doubles in the NBA NBL last year than LaMelo did. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I every time we say Lamelo, I get a little you know nervous because I wish we had taken him last year. But I like the description. What do you think, MT Maxime? Uh, did she talk into it? Are we now giddy fans? Yeah, I'm a giddy fan. I'm feeling a little more optimistic about Kuminga falling to us, and if he's ready, you know, like I trust KP there. Um, my my question is: Is somebody like a Duarte? a reach at that? Do we try to wait to get him at 14 and would he be there? I think he'll be there at 14. I'm yeah, I will know more. I will know more tomorrow, but I think he will be there at 14. And I think the warriors really like him at 14. Am I wrong to say, Chris, so the story you told us about Kaminga peach jam, what I really like about that, and maybe I'm just projecting my own personality type, but if, if I was a top five guy for sure in one of the deepest drafts of all time, and then my stock starts to slide, you know where I wouldn't be? I wouldn't be front and center in a big prep event. I would probably be hiding somewhere with, or nervous. With every single NBA team. Okay, exactly right. That's there. exactly right. And, and if I did somehow find myself in that setting, I wouldn't want to be you know sitting in the floor. And if I somehow found myself sitting in the floor, I wouldn't be telling you, KP, if you, if you asked me about it, look, you got to show up every night. You know, I'd, I'd be all weird about it. I'd be defensive. I'd be in my own head. So I like that that's what he's doing. That speaks to me for some reason. You, ha- you, know, you know this guy. You've, you've seen not only him, you've seen a bunch of people and the personalities that are necessary to succeed. Does that story mean anything to you? Like, do- does it indicate maybe that you know, this kid's future is a lot higher than some of the haters are suspecting? Uh, yeah, 100%. Like, I, it showed me that he has like another switch and that he can sustain an 82-game season because he loves the game of basketball that much, yeah, yeah, you know, and some people will look and look some teams and I'm sure some people on other podcasts will be like, Oh, well, 
you know, he tweaked his knee and left the G League bubble season early. I was like, all right, well, let's calm down. It was three games and he was already in Orlando and he was going down to Miami to work out. So like, are we really going to not, this isn't, this isn't Jalen Johnson who leaves Duke three weeks early after only playing 13 games and gets upset because Matt Hurt is stealing your minutes. You know what I mean? I know I, I, I don't know if you know that at all because I don't expect you to know that. We both know of- I didn't, but but I said <laughs> we do because I was trying to impress you. And it sucks that you kind of asked a follow-up, so I had to actually admit that I didn't have that knowledge. So I don't, and thanks for busting me out. Let's just, uh, Maxim, erase this whole portion, leave it at I do. Yeah, <laughs> I sound smart. Um, well, I want your takes on 14, but I've got kind of a fun segment that you are perfect for, Christian. It's one that we've done a few times on the show, but we've never done with you. Its name is You've Got Hate Mail. Here's the idea. So people are nice enough, KP, to reach out, and they say nice things about us all the time. Um, And they say nice things about you, and we get emails and follow-ups and all of these things, you know, occasionally praising us, and that's phenomenal. But those aren't necessarily entertaining. You know, I'm not going to read those to you guys. I, I hate hearing other people's compliments. Fortunately, we also get our share of hate mail, and a lot of that, you'll be shocked to hear, is aimed directly at me. So for the You've Got Hate Mail segment, what we do is I'm going to read you an in particularly ugly piece of hate mail, and this one is ugly, KP. This person really disliked me. And then what we do is we make some guesses. We guess the author's age, profession, and we grade the uh, the piece of mail itself. And then I've got a new thing for us this time. I also want you guys to to rate the level of hate on one to 10. One being this guy doesn't really care, 10 being he'd like me to die. What do you think it is? Here is the hate mail. It is called narrow-minded. Quote, this dude Bram calling an entire state racists shows enough about his credibility. Let me go end quote, just as a random aside, KP is not wrong. Uh, I once said that all of Utah was racist because of the the jazz fans. (laughs) And then recently said that I didn't want to grab a drink with Phoenix fan because they had some racist, nasty shit with the low suns Jersey Uh, back to the hate mail quote. He likes to poke fun at his flaws that are actually concerning. His influence on young minds is depressing. I really hope that listeners don't take his extreme generalizations about groups of people to heart. He is the definition of a self-absorbed douchebag for what it's worth, born and raised in the Bay and a Warriors fan. So he, he or she ends it with a shot to make sure that we all understand, oh, no, but this is a Warriors fan, so they just generally hate me. I'll start us off. Age. I'm going to say this guy's a little bit older. I'm going to say early 30s. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's the use of the, instead of saying for what it's worth, it was FWIW. Maybe his use of an acronym back there, but I just feel like this guy is over 30. So I'm going to say 32, which leads you to the profession, unemployed, smart, um, and capable but there's no way this dude has this much time on his hands to write like a full paragraph fucking, you know, destruction of me if he was employed. So I'm saying he doesn't have a profession level of hate is kind of hard to gauge. So, I mean, this, the, the racist thing seems like a solid 10, but when he was giving us the, the stars, because he can actually give us one to five stars, he gave us two stars, which is a weird thing to do. So I feel like he secretly likes the show, you know, but really hates me. So I'm saying level of hate, a ah, good 7.5. And then grading the hate mail, not that solid. C minus, you know, I mean, it hurt me. It, it definitely dug in there. 
but it didn't seem to be that well written. I'm, I don't know. I'm not incredibly impressed uh, by this guy, narrow minded. So that's how I'm breaking it down. Uh, MT, why don't you go second? Give us age, profession, level of hate and a grade. First off, just amazing response to you. He, he is not a fan of you. Um, I'm gonna He's go, probably a racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from Utah. <laughs> or Phoenix. I mean, born, I don't know. born in Phoenix, Arizona. moved yeah, to Utah. <laughs> that's exactly right. And he does not like douchebags. I'm, exactly. um, I'm going to agree. I think early 30s, um, the acronym gives it away. I do think he's employed. I think he drives at some point, which gives them enough time to listen to uh, the podcast and have a strong opinion in his downtime and hop online or on his phone and um, give this well thought out critique of you. Um, I don't know if it's well thought out. Wait a minute. Is this you? <laughs> Did you write this, you motherfucker? Are you narrow minded? Like I said, when you first shared this, I said, it's obvious that KD has found Wi Fi in Tokyo. <laughs> um, and level of hate, I'm going to go a, a solid eight. I mean, it's weird that he didn't go one star so i don't think i think he does secretly have a little bit of uh like for you but um that there's got to be some strong dislike in order to take the time to write that and say that and then end it with and by the way i'm a warriors fan so this is legit criticism is it weird that when i read the his influence on young minds is depressing line i actually got really proud i was like i'm influencing young minds like who the hell is listening to this and being influenced so hey, i don't i don't know if that makes me pompous or not but i ultimately liked it give us the grade i'm gonna go b plus oh wow yeah i'm I, i'm thinking more and more that this was in fact you who wrote it <laughs> Kristen, take us through it your first one is age how old do you think this person is First of all, before I start this, I thought this segment was going to go on a completely different route. I thought you guys were going to read like hate tweets or hate replies or hate comments on the stuff that I write. So I, I could tell you got strangely silent. I mean, like I really <laughs> like, did. Like it, your like, silence was deafening because I, I, I kept waiting for be like, oh, this is going to be fun. And there was just nothing but silence over there. But no, 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 we're not. We're not going to take any shots at you. I mean, listen, I turn I turn my mentions off for a reason. I like <laughs> to sleep at night. Um, so, yes. All right. I'm going to go age. I'm going to say he's a little older because I let me tell you something. I know I know people that are in their 30s and they wouldn't have they would like talk about you behind your back but are too lazy to actually write a comment so i'm going to say early to mid 40s profession um profession i like the uber driver i think that makes a lot of sense level of hate I, you know what maybe i want to say if he's a warriors fan but maybe he's got relatives in utah so he was offended by that so yeah. it's not so much like there, he's hate i would say five it's just kind of like, okay, you're wrong about this. Like but, a reaction, like a reaction yeah. kind of deal, because that's the first, um, it, it does feel like there was something personal going on. Grade it for us. So if I'm following along, I got him at a C minus. Marcus had him at a B plus, which is way too high. What do you have? A B, solid B. It was, yeah. I've, I've read way worse things said about me. Maybe we should, next time I'm on, I will find some comments 
and you guys can grade the comments. Oh no, no, I've got I've got five or six pages of hate mail <laughs> just for you. Just sit back, and we're gonna we're gonna read that next. Finish us out, Maxime. Give us your quick take. Age, profession, level of hate, grade. Yeah, I think if anything, the FWIW indicates that this person is older than they want to let on. You know, because then they say that they're worried about um, your influence on children. Like, solid what thirty-year-old yeah, is worried take. about influencing children? Um, it's very strange. I'm thinking UPS driver, uh, Uber driver isn't quite right. I think it's somebody that's got a lot of time to themselves, you know, probably like pulled over after dropping off a package and like banged this one out. And I'm honestly, I'm giving it a, a C minus overall because I just think it's not, this is like such a strange thing to take issue with. I think nobody in their right mind would, would, you know, uh, uh, be of the impression that you actually think an entire state um, can be summarized by uh, by one single ideology, but I feel like you're about to uh, to correct me on that one. So. I think we both know that. I mean, Utah, everyone there is is racist, right? I mean, but like maybe I was wrong about Arizona. You know, so. I live in Utah, right? Like <laughs> I, I have this. a house yes. in Utah. Yes, <laughs> welcome to the joke, Kristen. I mean, you're finally welcome up. Like I I know that you were really worried that we're going to be taking all these shots at you. I added these. I'm giving you these Utah breadcrumbs, waiting for you to be like, fuck you, and it hasn't happened yet. So good. <laughs> Here it is. What? Like I told you, I am so tired this week. I don't know like what's a joke and what's like, you guys don't know things about me. Like I just- I 100% know that you're from Utah and yes. I'm I'm not from Utah. I bought a house here. there, okay. I mean, that means you're from Utah. No, I am not. I do not want to be known. I I live here for half the year and then Uh, I'm in Los Angeles. Have you been receiving racist training? Are they turning you into racist? (laughs) Don't answer that. Only a joke, narrow mind. He's from Arizona, Bram. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) settle down. Let's go to the 14 pick. So similar questions, Christian, but we'll do this one faster. So the Warriors have a second pick at 14. One of the names we've already identified, Davion Mitchell. Give us a few other names of the people who may be there when the Warriors pick uh, for the second time on the first. Keon Johnson, uh, Chris Duarte, Zaire Williams. Okay. I even think Moses Moody could be there. What's best case? So, I mean, similar. If if what we're doing is sitting around hoping that Kaminga slips to us at seven, after the seven pick, you know, and and the uh, pick start flying off the board, what name should we hope is still there at fourteen? Chris Duarte. I mean, I already I've I've heard that um, the Warriors really like Chris Duarte at 14. Yeah. So I think you guys should start doing your research, watch your film and get excited about Chris Duarte. Cheat for me um, so that I can pretend that I have watched the film when I talk to somebody next. Tell me about Duarte. What, what will I see when I watch that YouTube? What's, what's his value? How does he help the Warriors? I mean, he's a four-year player. So he's someone that is, well, we've already talked about, can come in right away since yeah. he's a little bit older. Great shooter. He's a great defender. Kind of one of those is all over the court, um, hardworking player, has um, a very good outside jump shot, um, high release, really good off the pick and roll as well. So just a very offensively sound player that you can plug in right away. And what you're hoping for when you're gold state, I think what they're hoping for is that he turns into like Cam Johnson and the way that he's been able to contribute so early for the Suns. Why is Kispert not mentioned here? Do you think he goes before 14 or is he dropped out of this range? No, no, no. I think he goes probably at 10 to the Grizzlies when I saw they made the trade and you think about the Grizzlies and how 
not great their three-point shooting is. I mean, they're 20th in the league. They shoot 35% from deep. I think they're going to be targeting a shooter, and Kispert in that draft range is the best shooter um, in this draft class. I think he hit 91 threes on a very, you know, talented Gonzaga team that um, he wasn't getting every touch down the court. So when you start shooting, when you when you see a shooter like that, I think there's going to be teams that are targeting more in the 9, 10, 11 range. Yeah, he's got luxurious hair too. And any if you read anything about that Memphis trade, one of the things that gets thrown in is, and this probably means that they're taking Kispert. Um, so yeah. it sounds like a lot of people agree with you. Here's my last question. May, not the most important, but one whose answer I'm really excited for. So let's say the Warriors get lucky, all right? We've identified in the course of this podcast two names. Let's say at seven, Kuminga's there, they take him. Let's say at 14, Duarte's there, they take him. Then let's also say they could, if they wanted to, Trade seven, 14, and Wiseman for Bradley Beal. Which would you prefer? You know, let, let's say uh, Bob Myers has both of these options. They can take, you know, it'd be Duarte, it would be Kuminga, they keep Wiseman, and they go forward, or they trade all of that for Beal. Which of those two tracks would you suggest? Well, first of all, I think you're going to have to throw in An- Aaron or Andrew Wiggins in that trade. Oh, of course. Well, I'm sorry. So. Of course, for the money. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're, you're <laughs> absolutely. You passed um, another one of my tests. Yeah. I, I I don't think I can keep using that line. I just fucked that one up entirely. My apologies. Yeah, you'd have to. Of course, yes. you would. Otherwise, the the contracts won't work. Um, but I I think you take Brad Beal. Why? Because you guys have said it time and time again. You are in a win now mode. Yeah. Win now, right? Yeah. Brad Beal is one of the best shooting guards in the NBA. Like if you want to win now, you go and get the best and you try to win now. I'm going to keep adding things. You tell me when you wouldn't do it. All right. So we know that you would give seven, 14 Wiggins and Wiseman. Would you add pool to that? Yeah. Okay. Would you add a first round pick to it? No. So that's it. The, the, the most you would give up is that last package I just said. Yes, especially because it's for it. Oh, no, now I'm thinking of a different trade. Sorry. Again, my mind is everywhere. But no, I would not give up. I would not give up a trade or yeah, a, a, yeah. a first round. A first pick. rounder yeah. to add to it. MT, with, so start with the first package. Seven, 14, Wiggins, Wiseman. Do you give it up for Bradley? I do just because you have to win now. Um, but I'd be worried about defense um, unless Clay can come back to healthy clay and slide to the three and and handle that but um yes i would do that as, as you start to go down if you add in pool i i don't do it not because i love pool and i think he's great i just think once you surpass four players for one you're starting to get to be too much and sacrificing that amount of depth i think um is a little detrimental to what we would need um, to make it through a full season and a, a deep playoff run. So unless there's somebody else coming back and there may have to be from the Wizards just to make it work from a cap situation, then I think you have to stop it for players. The more I learn about the assets we're giving up, the less excited I am about giving them up. I mean, if we had this conversation a month ago, you wouldn't have been able to finish the question. I would have said, yes, bring in Beal. We need him immediately. Um, but what I learned about Kuminga, what I learned about that there are 14 possible starters in the first 14 
uh, selections in this in this draft. When I've learned about Wiseman's possible upside and watching what Aiton did and who he could become, watching uh, how much weight and skill Yanni's put on from the the first year he was here to who he's ultimately become, giving up all of that seven fourteen Pool and Wiggins and Wiseman is a lot. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but that is a lot, a lot more than I would want to. Um, Maxime, yes or no, would you make the move for Beal? I mean, yeah, you know, I've been a huge proponent of what KP was saying of the win now, but um, I feel like Wiggins was very impressive, you know, and is still somehow underrated compared to um, what he's, how he sort of showed out this year. And I think he's going to continue, you know, he's only, what, 24 years old. I mean, this guy has a lot uh, still to show in his game. Um, and I would hate to move on from him, uh, you know, and then have a winning season, but end up realizing that the, the drop off or the uh, upgrade wasn't actually as much as we expected. And then so now we lose out on that long term trajectory. Well, shit, especially when you consider how we were talking about Wiggins before Clay got hurt last year. Right. I mean, what we were all really fired up for is Wiggins being in his natural position on a team. He wasn't going to be number one. He wasn't going to be number two. He was going to be perhaps the third scoring option, what that would do for him. And we never got to see him in that. You know, it got robbed from us while we were still describing how awesome it would be. So, I mean, there's it just, I agree with you. He had an incredible year last year, and there's reasons to believe his year this this next year will be even higher. So, I, 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 I can see both sides. Um, all right, you heard me wax poetic, KP. Did I move the needle at all for you, or would you still trade for Bradley um, with the exception of the first round pick? I would still trade for Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm glad my powers of persuasion have really pushed you uh, in one direction. Kristen, you are awesome, and I know you are drowning with work, so we'll get the hell out of your hair. For those who need way more KP in their life, even if it's just articles on how to paddleboard, where should they turn? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Peak, or read all my stuff if you actually like basketball on Yahoo Sports. But follow me on Instagram if you want to see cute pictures and videos of my awesome puppy, Gary. <laughs> but know that you don't get to see the full picture because apparently occasionally Gary's in the water and we don't get to see any. <laughs> Which I will just- add some math real quick too. this may or may not have come from your sister KP, yeah. but just um, some quick math, all-star probability for draft picked at the seven range, 23% um, at 11 uh, pick, sorry, pick 14 is 11.2%. So Take with that what you want. Yeah, what I take with that is a little bit of depression. Thanks for adding (laughs) some reasons to be really sad as we leave here. Do you want to like give us any other really like terrible news, or just leave it right there? This is a six and a half player draft. Yeah, unbelievable. (laughs) Welcome to be hell of depressed huddle with Bram, Marcus, and Maxine. It's been a huge time Um, for us. If you want to let Marcus know you don't want his stupid stats, or you want to send me some hate mail, or just let us know how we're doing. Best way to get in contact with us is our email account, warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Our only social media presence is Twitter, where we are at Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, go Warriors. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, we'll see you in a couple weeks.
Good, good. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.